Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. You can support the show and get an entire year's worth of bonus episodes over at patreon.com backslash badaxepod. There is a link in our show notes and membership start at just $1. You can also support the show for free by leaving us a positive review and by telling a friend about us. Now, on to today's case. Today, we're a little behind. Uh, we are recording this late, and life has just been crazy, so we are apologizing for being several days late with the episode. It also became very clear to me that we weren't going to have time for me to research another case for this upcoming episode, so we are doing something special, and our next episode that is going to come out this coming Thursday is going to have some creative, spooky writing that I have done in the past. And so I think that will be super fun and exciting for everyone. There's actually some crime element to what we will be talking about. So it's kind of scary and true crime adjacent. So I think it'll be fun for the Halloween, Halloween spirits, if you will. All right. Also, if you hear cat purring in the background, I apologize. This is a ceasefire we have brokered with our cat. Catsby. She, insists that she needs to be right over by us and this has resulted in some excited purring but otherwise she's going to scream so it is what it is all right so today we are continuing our halloween cases we are going to bel-air ohio in 1995 bel-air ohio is a village that sits along the ohio river at the eastern border that ohio shares with pennsylvania With fewer than 4,000 residents, the village is fairly rural. They call themselves a village, so that should kind of give you some answers as to how small that it is. Based on photos, Belair insists on being spooky, and I am here for it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, just Google it. Very spooky. All the pictures, spooky. It's like they're trying hard to be spooky. The town actually has a giant stone viaduct. That used to be a railroad line, and that was even used in a movie because it's so, like, kind of spooky looking. It looks, like, European, but it's just this railroad viaduct. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and also, one of their old bridges was used in the film The Silence of the Lambs. Wow. Yeah, so a, an actual horror movie filmed this bridge that's in Bel Air. Nice. So when I say they are trying to be spooky... That's not not a an understatement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back in 1995, 53-year-old Terry Brooks, not the author. I did check just in case. I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure it's not the author, but just in case, type type type. Not the author. And his 52-year-old wife Marilyn Brooks lived in a cozy three-bedroom home in Bel Air with their sons, 17-year-old Nathan, and 16-year-old Ryan. 
They also had an elder son named Jamie. The little house was surrounded by green fields because the area is so rural. Terry worked as the town's mailman, and he had a reputation for wanting the best from his kids. Later on, some people would worry that he put too much pressure on his boys to get good grades and be successful and all that. The Brooks family attended a local Catholic church where the boys had previously served as altar boys. People described middle son Nathan as quiet, smart, and pleasant to be around. At one point, he even talked about becoming a priest when he grew up, and he had talked to his parish priest about that. However, Nathan was also a bit of a loner. Now, people didn't see this as necessarily a bad thing, because he spent his time reading, and he preferred that to hang out with friends or going to school events and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. Yeah, so you're a smart, bookish kid who went to church a lot, is what we're dealing with here. So, people are thinking, yay, this is goals. So, nothing to worry about here with this kid. Yeah. Despite the family's faith, though, Nathan, in 1995, had recently started to walk on the dark side. But people wouldn't notice the changes in him until it was too late. On Friday, September 29, 1995, 16-year-old Ryan slept over at his friend's home. Ryan was a cool kid over at local Bel Air High School where he played football. His team's mascot was actually Big Red. Just Big Red? Yeah, that was actually my school's mascot, and it was a giant cardinal, and that's what we called Big Red. So I don't know for sure if they had a cardinal as two, but I'm assuming they did, because otherwise, like, surely it's not just, like, a big splash of red. I know, right? Like, I'm, I'm imagining, like, a red square. <laughs> <laughs> just a big red square. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was a cardinal. So, that's what we had as our big red mascot was a cardinal. That's pretty cool. Which is so weird that cardinals are mascots for, like, sports. But we're not going to get into it. Yeah. Because that is not what the podcast is about. We could have a whole episode just yeah. about that, honestly. I just imagine, like, cardinals, like, trying to fight, like, a bear. And it just kind of makes me wonder how that makes sense but that's not what it's for right yeah we have cardinals versus the kittens which was my junior high mascot wow okay yep. you know what we're gonna back off from this <laughs> and we're gonna focus on the fact that on a friday night which was september 29th of 1995 ryan's football team big red had an away game and ryan who played football was out with his team until around 2 a.m after this long game, he decided to crash at his friend's house, not realizing that the decision to sleep over saved his life. On September 30th, 1995, Ryan returned home with his friend in tow. But when they entered the Brooks home, they made a horrible discovery. Inside, they found Terry and Marilyn's bloody bodies in their beds. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they slept separately, so this was two separate beds. Ryan called for help, and authorities rushed to the scene. Sergeant Don Samples was the first to arrive, and no one would, could prepare him for what he found. Blood covered the couple's beds, as Marilyn and Terry had both been viciously attacked as they slept. Horrifically, the killer had also decapitated Terry and taken the head. Oh my god. It wouldn't be very hard to find this head, though, because I'm pretty sure it was the first thing they all saw 
because it was actually sitting in a punch bowl in the living room. Dude. Yeah. That's sadistic. Very sadistic. Also, we're going to get into the details of the crime in just a moment, but I want to wait until we unravel what happened. Yeah. What they found in 17-year-old Nathan's room made investigators pause because our former altar boy had tagged satanic imagery all over the wall, and it was clear that something dark had happened in the house that night. He literally had, like, a collage of Satanism on his wall. He had decided that he was going to convert himself to Satanism, so he was doing, like, his own version of what he thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so this involved tacking these images up for some reason. And also murder. As you may have noticed... Police tracked 17-year-old Nathan Brooks to a house nearby and arrested him. They transported him to Sargas Juvenile Center, where he'd await his fate. After his arrest, Nathan allegedly told Sheriff Tom McCourt, quote, people don't understand, unquote. I definitely don't understand. Mm -mm. Now, at some point during all of this, there's kind of conflicting accounts Because it appears that Nathan did at some point deny that he had killed his parents. But he also made a confession and explained why he did it. So we are going to focus on that alleged confession. Well, it's not alleged because they recorded it. In a recorded statement, Nathan explained that he was a Satanist. And that he'd killed his parents to increase his power. And that he had decapitated his father... Because he needed his head for a black mass. Interesting. Yes. Now, he did allegedly, and I say allegedly because this isn't, like, something I could confirm in court documents. He did allegedly have a copy of the Satanic Bible in his house. But, to my knowledge, that doesn't necessarily tell you to, like, murder people and stuff. But that's what he believed it meant to be, like, a powerful Satanist. Was to commit these murders. He also revealed that he wanted to kill his brother Ryan that night as well. But that plan had fallen through because Ryan didn't come home. And there were witness accounts stating that Nathan did try to get his brother to come home that night and had been seen carrying a hunting rifle walking around. And Nathan was also seen going to the friend's house to try to get his brother Holy shit. Yeah, and it just worked out that because Ryan was out till 2 a.m., eventually Nathan just kind of gave up and just decided not to kill Ryan. Well, that's fortunate. Like, it was too late, I guess. Yeah, that's fortunate. Yeah. Nathan said that he wanted Ryan to be with his parents, but he also had that delusional thought that killing his family, who were those closest to him, would somehow give him these special powers. In addition to killing his family, Nathan also planned to attack some classmates, and he'd made a hit list of people that he wanted to massacre in the name of Satan. Jesus. And apparently, there's different numbers given for how many people were on this list. Sometimes it says 16, but there are some accounts that say 13. And I do, part of me hesitated with the 13, just because to me that sounds more like people are trying to be spooky. But... I think it was just that some of the people were crossed off to make it 13. That could make sense. The first name on the list was his, was his, either his brother or someone else related to him. Cause again, that also was listed differently in different places. 
Next to Ryan's name, though, he had written the words dismember and decapitate. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's very fortunate that he didn't get to his brother that la- that night because based on what he did to his parents, it seems like he was really committed to dismembering and decapitating his brother. Yeah, for real. Beside his mother's name, he had written eviscerate and crucify. What? And next to his dad's name, he had written decapitate, which he did do. Damn. And we're going to get to what he did to his mom in a moment. He did not successfully crucify her, but eviscerate does sound like that kind of goes with what happened. Yikes. Each name had plans beside it, though. And a lot of the other names had words like molest, dismember, and skin. Dude. Yeah. That is sick. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So he had this, like whole list in his room of all these horrible things that he planned to do and given the fact that he had already started doing the things and he didn't like turn himself in or anything he seems to have planned on continuing but fortunately was very disorganized about it and was caught there was something else in his statements too though nathan complained about wanting to stop it all but said that he couldn't and he said that he had needed help stopping himself well, he definitely needed help. That part is definitely is clear. yeah. Oh, he a hundred percent needed help. But for me, this is a moment where it kind of seems like he's not so much just like this kid that's really interested in the dark side, but that he's having some sort of mental health episode. So something's going on. Yeah, that's me. After Nathan's arrest, students from Bel Air High School told reporters that they remembered him saying something about killing his parents. But, like we hear a lot, everything, everyone thought that he was joking. So they were like, oh yeah, he's just saying this. It's fine. What actually happened on September 30th in Bolero, Ohio, had been the stuff of nightmares, though. Because this is exactly what Nathan had done. As his parents slept, he crept into their bedroom with a hunting rifle and a knife. He used the knife to stab his mother ten times as she slept. He also struck her with an axe and possibly a ball-peen hammer, which he left at her feet. Dude, that is brutal. Yeah, so that's three weapons. And we we don't know for sure from what has been released about the murder if he used the ball-peen hammer on her. But he did leave it on the bed, like, below her feet. So whenever her body was discovered, it was there. And for sure, he used the axe and the knife. So, it was a very gruesome murder. Yeah, legit. According to one officer, he may have been trying to pin her down to the bed with the knife because it was wedged so deeply into her. I believe it was wedged into her side. So, that is kind of where it seems like he may have been trying to do his plan of crucifying her. But that, it just wasn't really working out. Wow. Yeah. Nathan turned the hunting rifle on his sleeping father. He fired three shots into his father's head at point-blank range. Which is actually maybe the nicest part about this, because even though it's horrible that he murdered his parents, at least he killed his dad fast, and his dad probably didn't know what was happening to him, as opposed to with his mom, where she most likely suffered. Yeah, that's true. After he killed his dad Nathan moved on to that second phase of that crime and he got a hacksaw oh no 
Yes. Well, I mean, you knew it was going to be something terrible. I know. I'm just, you yeah. know. Where are people getting these hacksaws? Probably like Home Depot. I guess. I guess maybe his dad already had this hacksaw, though. He's a 17-year-old. Yeah. I don't... That, that's true. I mean, my dad has a hacksaw, I know. Well, he got his hacksaw, and he sawed off his father's head so he could use it in the ritual. And he placed the head in the punch bowl and took it back to his room for the ceremony. And fortunately, I have not seen these, but they did take crime scene photos of the head in the punch bowl. And apparently the eyes were closed whenever they took the photos. Probably because he was sleeping when he was murdered. But it makes me feel so horrible for this poor jury that had to look at all this. I mean, and the people at the scene, really. And, of course, the parents. Like, obviously, we feel bad for them, too. Yeah. Because this is disgusting. It should never happen. Oh, and the brother. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Yes. All of these people that had to see all this, it's just atrocious. Yes. Very much so. So, because when they mentioned the crime scene photos, I was like, oh, my God. Please don't. Please don't have the crime scene photo right here. Like, I cannot be looking at people's heads. Yeah. Okay. So, authorities charged Nathan with two counts of aggravated murder. And although he originally went into the system as a juvenile, prosecutors planned to try him as an adult. Which is probably not surprising, since he was 17 and he did all this. Yeah, for real. Meanwhile, 50 family members and friends gathered in a Catholic mass to celebrate the lives of Terry and Marilyn Brooks on Thursday, October 5th, 1995. The mass was conducted by Monsignor George Yontz, who'd previously been the parish's, sorry, the family's parish priest. He made a point to only name Ryan and Jamie as the couple's children, completely leaving off Nathan. Which makes sense, because, I mean, you know, he murdered them. Yeah, I can understand that, too, yeah. Additionally, Nathan did not attend the funeral, surprise, because he was incarcerated at the Sargus Juvenile Center awaiting trial and all that. Yeah, for real. Plus, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think they wanted him to come to it. Yeah, probably not. I yeah. Wouldn't. Now, you're probably wondering why we're talking about this as a Halloween case. Because, as you probably noticed, the murder officially is labeled as occurring on September 30th. Yeah. In 1995. Yep. Welcome to the Getting Down and Wordy podcast ad. What do we do on this podcast? Well, it's the first at a musical podcast. Can you try that again in real words so that people can understand? Fine. We talk about the intersection of popular music and language. Oh, can we also talk about Eurovision? Okay. Find us on Apple and Spotify. We are a Podmoth Network podcast. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Well, after the Brooks murder, the city of Bel Air lost it. And they were like, absolutely no to Halloween. So they straight up canceled Halloween. What? Yes, because the whole city was like, this is a legitimate Satanist. And there could be more people. And the hit list made them wonder too, is like, could some of these people be Satanists? Like, what the hell? So they were convinced that it was possible that there were underground Satanists. Because especially considering... 
that Nathan wasn't the kind of kid that they ever would have suspected. Like, he literally was, like, the nerdy, quiet, pleasant to be around. Like, everyone said positive things about him. Like, he wasn't, like... Like, I feel like we get a lot of these negative stereotypes of loners being, like, the angry boy in the trench coat. But that's not true. I think a lot more loners are just, like, nice people who just want to cuddle a puppy and read a book. That's true. And everyone thought that about Nathan. Like, nobody thought he was, like, this dark kid that was painting something evil. They thought he was, like, the nerdy kid that might be a priest one day. Yeah. That was, like, really into the church. And not that, like, the church doesn't have problems because, like, obviously, you know, it does. But at the same, if you're these people in the city, you're thinking, like, good versus evil. And they're like, this kid is good. Like, we were not expecting this. Help. So at this point, they all start suspecting each other. Like, who could be a Satanist? We don't know. What if they have something planned? And so some of the adults became worried that maybe he was in some sort of satanic group slash cult. You have to also remember this is during the satanic panic is still technically happening at this time. So they're like, Oh my God, we know for sure he's doing it. It's not like not just an accusation. Like he literally is like, hi, I'm a Satanist. Here's my wall of Satan. So they start worrying that there's other Satanists that are underground still. And what if they have a plan to hurt the trick or treaters? So they become kind of worried about this scenario where they have Halloween trick or treaters go out and then the Satanists somehow attack all the kids and, I mean, if you really want to brainstorm ideas, I mean, obviously there's poison candy or, like, razor blades and candy, the t- classics, right? But, I mean, they could, like, kidnap one of them or there could be guns involved. Like, I mean, you know, that's obviously very scary that that could happen. I mean, it's Ohio. It's a rural area. Like, they start getting kind of freaked out. So, the city decides, we'll just cancel, cancel Halloween. No more Halloween for you. No trick-or-treating. And that way... If the satanic cult is here, then they can't attack anybody. They won't get the kids. Everything will be fine. Normally, I would roll my eyes at this because I feel like people freaking out about Satanists is like one thing that makes me be like, oh my gosh. Or like the people that are just so worried about Halloween. Like my parents, just going to be honest, my dad didn't want me to celebrate Halloween and my mom did. She was like fine with it. But when I got old enough to where I could do it, my parents still gave out candy because our neighborhood was really busy with trick-or-treaters. And you really didn't want to not give out candy because people would get crunk nasty. So my dad was giving out candy to the kids and they would come to the door in their costumes. And I was like, when do I get to go? When do I get to go? And so my mom's like, ask daddy, ask daddy, like every time. And finally, the next year, my dad let me go. But we had all kinds of rules for Halloween at my house, where, and which is weird because it's my favorite holiday, just FYI. But I could only go as, like, positive characters or positive things. I was a cat a lot. But um, it was, I couldn't just be anything. Like, I could never be, like, a witch. Oh, my God, they would have lost it, which is <laughs> ironic. <laughs> um, but, but they wouldn't let me be, like, dead cheerleader or anything. If I wanted to be a cheerleader, I could just be a cheerleader. Right. I couldn't be a dead cheerleader because that was, like, evil. So... I usually will roll my eyes when people start to worry about this thing, these things, but I think this town is legit, has a reason, because they don't have proof. I mean, they didn't have, one month is not going to be enough time to show if he acted alone or not. That's true. And if he isn't alone, he's not like he's going to just tell everyone, like, yeah, my friend Bobby's going to murder everyone next month. 
So they canceled Halloween, which is why this is a Halloween case. Rumors continued to fly, and it seemed like there could be more killers ready to, to strike. And since Nathan didn't seem like the type to do this, the situation was very scary because who among them could be a killer, you may be asking, right? Good question. Well, nobody else died that we know of from Satan, satanic murders. And Nathan did go to trial. So Nathan argued at trial that he was insane. That's what his defense went with, which totally makes sense. They actually presented some experts to back up the claim. Uh, but there were three experts, actually, who all argued about whether or not he was insane or not. They could not agree. And the jury in his 1996 trial decided that they believed the prosecution's version of events, that he was just bad and not crazy. Not not crazy, that's rude. But you know what I mean, not dealing with psychosis. Right, yeah. And so they convicted Nathan of two counts of aggravated murder in just three hours of deliberation. That's not a long time. No. I, basically, they, it was pretty much their paperwork time. Yeah. In October 1996, Belmont County Judge Charles Knapp sentenced Nathan Brooks to two life sentences to be served consecutively. He is currently serving his sentence at London Correctional Institution in London, Ohio. He was originally eligible for parole after serving 43 years of his sentence, and that's what most things about this this case to say but that's actually not accurate because he was able to get credit i believe for good behavior and so now he only has to serve i think 30 years because he's going to be eligible for parole on october 1st 2025 based on his prison information sheet now wow that's not very, very yeah awesome. so it's like really close yeah like he'll be eligible for parole in like three years and his latest mugshot shows him as being bald with a ridiculously long beard. And it's kind of weird to see the, the difference. Because if you look at his pictures from 1995, he looks like, you know, a stereotypical, you know, teen boy. He does look a little bit wild in his mugshot, which is why people love sharing it. Because he does look a little bit wild. But now he looks so grown up and like so adult because he's, like, I think in his 40s now. It's just wild to to see that he spent all that years and all that time in prison. And it's I don't know how I feel about it. Because, I mean, what he did was so bad. I do think that he probably should have been put in the hospital instead of the prison, though. To be fair, he has been getting treatment in prison, which is nice. So he's not just kind of been thrown away or anything. Like, he has been getting treatment, I believe. That's good. Okay, but I've got more information for you. Because this case has actually recently been made into a docu-series called The Devil in Bel Air. Oh, wow. And I found that out while I was, like, doing the research. That's not why I picked it. But it came out this month on Scare Network. And I was going to watch it. But it's $20 to join. So I did not want to pay the $20 TBH. But... I started thinking about it and I might actually join Scare Network because I have really been into horror movies. It's $20 for the whole year, I should say, too. It's not like a monthly $20. Yeah. It's like $20 for one whole year. But ever since my mom passed away unexpectedly, for some reason, I've gotten really into horror movies. I was always like into spooky stuff. Don't get me wrong. But like now I'm like obsessed with horror movies. I don't know why. I don't know. It just there's somehow there's a correlation between these two events because 
I would just casually sometimes watch scary things. And I was more into, like, ghost things before. But, like, ever since my mom passed, I really especially love, like, slasher-type films. And, like, the imp- the more impractical, the better in some ways. Like, I already liked Final Destination a little bit. But now I'm, like, Final Destination is, like, my bread and butter here. It's that a, type of movie. It's a great type. It's a great movie. Yeah. But, like, the whole series, even the ones where the acting is shitty, like, I oh, love yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's really my favorite type of horror, apparently, is where, like, a, you know, like, oh, no, an evil force is killing everyone. Or, like, now they have to play. What's that one? Was it was it Truth or Dare? Is one of the ones that I think it was just the Truth or Dare movie, but I can't remember for sure. There's one, though, where, like, they have to play Truth or Dare and, in the, it, like, the house is murdering them yeah, yeah and it's just the most impractical thing and it's just like you know but scary because they have to like burn themselves and whatnot or the house like finds a way to do it yep and that is like kind of what i'm into right now just because like i guess it's an escape from my sadness i have no idea why but anyway i'm really into horror movies right now so maybe scare network is something i should consider so i can just enjoy my scares there you go and also watch this because it, the only thing that I don't like about it that I saw from the previews, though, is that they do appear to be like seriously exploring a theory that Nathan was demonically possessed or demonically influenced during this crime. Because that's something that I did, I did not consider because I don't think that is what happened. But uh, there are a lot of people who are interested in this case from that perspective of was Nathan demonically possessed? And he doesn't really help himself because he's like a little... Sp- well, he doesn't help the situation because he, he kind of acts a little spooky there. And then also in his mugshot, he looks a little bit eerie. And so people are like, look, maybe the demon is what made him kill his parents. But I, I personally think this is, again, this is speculation. This is a speculation part of the podcast that he was having a mental health episode. I think that makes more sense, mm-hmm. you know, like, or just, just a troubled kid. Like, I don't think he's, I mean, I, I don't believe in possession, so I don't think that he was that. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously a a really terrible crime. Yeah. No doubt. I really think that it has to do with mental illness for a couple of reasons. One is that a lot of times when people start having delusions when they're mentally ill, it's connected to something that they have that's already a belief system. And since he was really into church, he was an altar boy and all that, he would know a lot about, you know, the Christian faith. And so it makes sense that his delusions would have to do with Satan. And... Maybe something did happen to him, you know, that triggered him. But it's it's hard for me to, to think of him as just being, like, a troubled person when, like, there were no other indicators, seemingly, that he was troubled. It seems more like he was dealing with a mental health episode and maybe something that made him start to feel evil or feel drawn towards the dark side. And as a result he developed this delusion that he would get this special power if he killed his family. And it's like, and some of the things that he's written as, as disgusting it is that he a did this crime and B did things like behead his dad and like really harm his mom and like think about dismembering his brother and things like that. Even with all that, there were other things like of him wanting them to like be together and stuff like that, that kind of makes it, seem like there's something else going on yeah it's true that's a very good point anyway i'm convinced that he has had that he was having a mental health episode and that he mostly needed treatment but at the same time i don't really know how i feel about him like 
his re-entry to our society. Is it okay or not? But I also don't have to make that decision. So, haha, <laughs> yay. There you go. Because, I mean, I feel like he was really young when he went in, so he probably does deserve a chance, but also this was pretty bad. Yeah. Okay, so to this day, Nathan's actions have affected how the town of Bel Air celebrates Halloween. They host a Boo at the Park event where children and their parents can collect candy and eat dinner at a church that's across the street. Because there's a church that got involved in this. Yep. Because um, that tracks. The yep. police supervise the event so that it's safe. And the kids do still have the ability to go trick-or-treating. But apparently before this, the parents weren't so worried about it. They would just kind of let their kids go by themselves. But now all the kids are well supervised because they're still worried that there could be Satanists. Like in the community. (laughs) That tracks even today. Yeah, even today. So it's been a pretty long time that this has gone on. And they still are like, could there be a Satanist here? Like, we don't know. But also, I have a, a whole nother case to talk about, so nobody leave. I know that this has been a weird episode because I'm not, we're not at our best right now. We're both exhausted and I have been overwhelmed with stuff. But while I was putting this together, kind of a long time ago, TBH, because we were supposed to have already recorded this, I found a second Nathan Brooks. Really? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Twist. And also, we're not, like, in favor of this. We're not, like, yay murders. I feel like it's coming off that way on accident, but we're just really tired. Yeah. Okay. But also, that's crazy that there's two Nathan Brookses that have committed these crimes. That is. So, let me talk about this other Nathan Brooks. So, first Nathan Brooks is spelled regular Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N. Second Nathan Brooks is spelled differently because it's N-A-T-H-O-N. All right. But as I was as I was researching first Nathan Brooks, second Nathan Brooks came up and it threw me off because he also attacked his parents. Really? Yeah. And I was like, this possibly this can't be a different case, but these details are different. And then I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) there's two of them. That's crazy. Okay, so let's talk about second Nathan Brooks in 2013. Second Nathan Brooks, who was 14 at the time used a revolver to shoot both of his parents in the head multiple times. Dude, that's gruesome. Yeah, and, like, there's CCTV footage of him before he, like, with the gun right before he shot them, and he's in his underwear and, like, jumping around all weird and then goes in the room and shoots his parents. Astonishingly, both of his parents survived the crime. Really? Yes, and they're actually the ones who called 911 to report this. Wow. Yeah, and, like, again, he shot both of his parents in the head multiple times. Nathan, number two, had no explanation for why he committed this crime. And everyone claims that he was a good kid who was doing well in school prior to the incident. However, his parents were also reportedly strict to the point of having that surveillance system in their home. Because afterwards, people were all like, oh, my God, this is creepy surveillance footage. And then... Why do you have surveillance footage in your house? Exactly. And it wasn't like a mansion or something where you would be like, oh, maybe they were worried about art thieves. No, it was like a regular house. They also had recently punished Nathan by making him miss a school basketball game and do extra chores. And there's like a hypothesis that he just was really mad about the chores and was like, I'm going to shoot my parents. Could be. And... I feel like that's a very weak reason. And I'm like, Nathan, no. But maybe it was all these things together and he just felt trapped. I don't know. He doesn't know either. 
The prosecutor's office decided to try Nathan, number two, as an adult for two counts of attempted murder. And he actually faced 40 to 50 years in prison for these crimes. Now, his parents were against this. They wanted him tried as a juvenile. They were like, we forgive him. Don't, don't put Nathan in prison. But the prosecutor was like, we're not going to work with you. Fuck all y'all, even though they were the victims. And just decided to do what they wanted to do. It does kind of seem like since they lived that it, the 40, 50 years feels excessive in this case, but whatever. So since he's facing such a long sentence, Nathan number two decided to take a plea deal. And he pleaded guilty to assault with a deadly weapon in exchange for a 15 and a half year sentence. He will be released in 2028 and is currently undergoing therapy to understand why he tried to kill his parents. Both of his parents are still in his life and continue to visit him in prison. They claim that they have no idea why they shot him or why he shot him, why they shot. Oh my gosh. Why he (laughs) shot them. I'm not editing this and I apologize for that. It's so wild to me though, that both of these teenagers have the same name and committed similar horrific crimes. That is wild. And there's also a documentary about this crime. Really? I think it's called, I shot my parent. No, I forget how I forget what it's called. But essentially, it's on, I believe, Amazon, and you can watch it. I was going to watch it, but then I, it wasn't, like, my main case. I'll probably watch it later. I will tell you that based on the reviews of this documentary, people think that the parents are leaving out something because the parents seemed sus or something. Hmm. But, I mean, it could also be that they got shot in the head multiple times. Yeah. And maybe they aren't living their best lives as much anymore. Could be. Although, I will have to say... They they look pretty normal. Like, they don't look like people who had a bunch of bullets in their heads. That's true. But anyway, I think that's crazy. Also, if your last name is Brooks, do not name your kid Nathan. Apparently so, Because yeah. that name might be cursed. Uh, there was also another Nathan Brooks that came up that had, like, a, an extra name in there. And I was like, this name has some problems. So, if your name is Nathan Brooks, I apologize. Because you're probably not a killer. But you might want to watch out because apparently... Um, this is just like a thing that Nathan's do. I don't know. <laughs> this is me being weird. Okay. So on a side note, I wanted to mention that I kind of regret doing these Halloween episodes because I've noticed that a lot of other people are doing the same cases as we are because everyone's wanting to do Halloween episodes right now. And I personally hate it whenever the podcasts that I listen to have same cases. And so I try to do things that are different. So I apologize if you are facing the dilemma of same cases. Because I personally, just this last like two weeks, I think it was, there were two podcasts I listened to covered the same case. And it's a case that we covered last year for Halloween. And I was like, ugh. Because usually I'll just turn it off whenever the cases come up that I already know really well. So I was like, oh no. And then I saw another person covering the case we did last time. So clearly... Like, they did it after us, but that doesn't really help the situation because some people are going to listen to that podcast first and then come to us and be like, oh, no, I already heard this one, and vice versa. Yeah. So I apologize for likely repetition with these. But, I mean, if you want to hear more information about this kid, how he might have been a devil worshiper, you can go watch The Devil in Bel Air. I was a little bit red flagged in that they brought up the Satanic Bible and were like, it gave clear instructions to murder his family. And I was like... I don't think that's what that's for, but okay. Yeah. 
like I'm a little worried you guys got a little too excited, but <laughs> anyway, I thought this case was interesting. I feel like it's one of the more interesting Halloween related cases, even though it's not actually on Halloween, just because they literally canceled Halloween. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Mm-hmm. They were like, none for you. I would have been so sad. Oh my gosh. One year, one of the cities I was living in, in the past, it's not, it's like a pretty good sized city. The, the city just got together and decided that we weren't going to do Halloween on Monday. We were going to all do it on Saturday. And I was like, y'all can't just make everybody do Halloween on Saturday. But they, like, were pretty successful. Like, for the most part, everyone just did it. That's weird. I know. I was like, what? That's not even the right day. And they were like, we're all doing it. And I, I most people did it. The, the, even the mall did, like, a, a trick-or-treating at the mall thing. And there was not even a reason. It wasn't even like a murder or something or like potential Satanist. It was literally just like, we don't feel like doing it on a Monday this year. We're just going to do it on Saturday. And just, it just, they just made it happen. Nice. I guess if you just kept, if you just insist strongly. That people will do it. Then people will do it. It's Monday this year, but I'm, I'm fucking doing it on Monday. I'm going to, I don't know what I'm doing exactly because I'm going to be exhausted from doing murder mystery shows all this week. But... Scary movies are going to be watched. There we go. It's a favorite holiday. Absolutely. Okay, well, we will see you very soon. And we hope that you enjoy the forthcoming spooky stories. We apologize that October has been a little bit messy. We tried really hard to just have, like, a perfect schedule and be, like, super uber put together and professional. But this week has really threatened that. It's been hard. It's been it's been very tiring. So, and I looked at my schedule for this coming week. I have a lot I, I'm a lot of murder mystery shows like a lot and like the whole week basically. And I'm not going to have time to write an episode. So, we're just I'm going to focus on just the Patreon episodes we have coming out this week. So, if you want to go if you really want a newer episode, we have some Halloween stuff coming out on the Patreon later on this week. But other than that, we will see you soon and bye-bye. Bye.